you are the horniest among us. So <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> I, I think that's a fun thing to accuse you of. Oh, I see. How do you measure average horniness of a person? I mean, is, is uh, there like is there like <laughs> phrenology for libido? <laughs> uh, there, there should be. What's the standard horny unit? One would you have to measure your testicles with calipers. How much pee have you got stored in your balls? Have you, uh, how many how how many boner headaches have you gotten today? <laughs> a metric boner headache is how you measure <laughs> measure horniness. Indeed. Ah, you can see from the uh, Lacanian dialectic that proposes a reality where, where if one is is woke or uh, uh, aware of social issues, the uh, consequence of this is that you become broke. You lose monetary value. <laughs> I don't know. I think we should begin the podcast. All right. Well, let's get this fucking baby. Let's get this fucking train wreck started. Let's get this baby tossed in that dishwasher. Let's get this baby shaken. All right, let's get this. Let's just keep going with this. Let's get this baby into a hot car. Let's expose that baby to years of neglect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that baby became a gamer. We've officially hit our limit of problematic jokes on the episode. So for the rest of the, the rest of the time, we have to be very careful not to say anything uh, iffy. That's definitely going to happen. We are. This is this is a decorum podcast, right? Yes, we believe we don't believe in being mean in our politics. We believe in compromise um, and being a big, big fucking dumbass. You know, we, we seek the middle ground with actual Nazis. And, hey, now, do y'all have a swear jar? Oh, we we should. Yeah, everyone who has has a swear, everyone who gets into the swear jar has to play League of Legends for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) That's cruel. That's that's legally actionable. (laughs) Cruel and unusual punishment, as supposedly protected against in our constitution. I reinstalled League of Legends because there's not a lot that my laptop could play, Uh and I played five minutes of a bot game and i was like what am i doing and i just <laughs> it, and i and i quit out of the game and i installed it before if, like <laughs> if you have a laptop you already have the only mobile game you need minesweeper oh i thought you were gonna say porn how dare you <laughs> <laughs> uh, alton has has said the swear of porn and has to play an hour of league of legends now i didn't know that was a swear you said it too i guess we're doing doubles then bitch Exactly. We're going to do duos, bot lane. Hell yeah. Do a swear at us on Twitter so you can join us in the League of Legends hell. That'll be great. That'll be fantastic. Anyway, let's get this let's get this party started. Hello everyone and welcome again to Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I am your host Alton. With me as always is Reese. Hello Reese. Hey. This is his new podcasting voice. He'll be keeping it up for the entirety of the hour-long podcast. You bet your <laughs> Okay. And joining us is our good friend, Missendry. Hello, Missendry. Hi. 
I bring tidings from the hell realms of the Midwest. Hell yeah. The he- Midwest is cool because despite being like a deindustrialized hell zone, you get special flavors of Mountain Dew. And best pizza in the States. Hell yeah. Nice. Fuck you, New York. Hey, forget about it. I'm walking on pizza here. Okay, so the premise of this pod is, of course, that we are the last bastions of gamers holding back the incel hordes from corrupting you young, innocent gamers and keeping you safe from the depths of fascism and reactionary thought. We are the only podcast that will tell you the goddamn truth about video games. Truth number one, gamers are goblins. (laughs) Truth number two, gamer CEOs are ogres. (laughs) Don't trust either of them. Let's move straight into our first topic. How about that? We're going to get cracking. We've had a good discourse. We got warmed up. I think we're ready for some gamer baby tears. I'm always ready for gamer baby tears. I'm not. I, they're probably they're probably all colic and just infected with gout. It's like salty Mountain Dew streaming from their eye ducts. It's it's delicious. It's you can see it putrefy as it rolls down their cheek. <laughs> so that's this, actually the content in uh, in Hot Pockets are different. Oh gamer, God! Gamer just trying to ruin Hot Pockets forever. The hot pocket discourse. I I remember uh, Andrew talking about uh, the hot pocket discourse, so I had to bring that back. I mean, it's intense and it's steeped in ideology. I approve. <laughs> a lot of a lot of mythology, a lot of lore. Perfect for the podcast. So, to summarize, basically, what has happened is that. There's a game called Rome 2 Total War, and what they've done is they've included a new update, which includes uh, a chance for you to get female generals in your army. And predictably, the response from the gaming community has just been to to fill enough dipes to just completely decimate, like, a Pampers factory. And so our first tweet of the evening comes to us from Mark Brown at British Gaming. The gamer babies are at it again. Well, he's got a, an, an excellent thread on the subject. Indeed. That, that kind of encapsulates everything we So I, th- I think it's, it's the spine of our discussion here. Indeed. So we shall be reading them out. And I'll start and we can swap around whenever we feel we need to. So the second tweet is... Rome 2 Total War is currently getting review-bombed on Steam. Despite positive reviews since launch, it suddenly had a huge influx of negative reviews in the last couple of days. Shows an image of the Steam storefront with recent reviews overwhelmingly negative 18% uh, positive. And a graph showing that within like the last week, there's a massive spike in negative reviews. And he says... Must be in response to something that Creative Assembly recently changed, right? Nope. It's all about an update that added some more female generals to the game, all the way back in March. No one seemed to care much back then, just some polite discussions about historical accuracy on the Steam forums. 
Shit started getting heated and argumentative, though, when, especially when someone posted this screenshot, seemingly showing every single general being a woman. CA's community manager, Ella, had to step in, issuing bans, closing threads, and telling a few n- noisy arseholes, quote, Total war games are historically authentic, not historically accurate. If having female units upsets you that much, you can either mod them out or just not play. Oh, fuck! Female representation in the sort of women in power? That's women squared. That's number wang. I don't, I don't understand that bit, but okay. It, it, I, th- I think it might be a reference to chess. This all got picked up by the usual subjects, like a Gamergate-friendly blog called One Angry Gamer, a mm. uh, friend of the podcast, <laughs> which then got referenced on, drumroll please, the neo-Nazi site Daily Stormer. Jeez. No links. These sites don't need oxygen. Hold on, I got it. Catch a train. Oh, yeah, we, that sounds not pretty. <laughs> I thought he was right there. We were going to get a train-based metaphor. Choo-choo. So anyway, now suddenly it's a big deal. And it's only now, after the articles were published, that the review bombing began. And the Steam forums become a complete shit show. Crackhead88 says, Have you tried sexual Eskimo generals? Won't buy unless there is. Insurgent Cora says, Demanding a refund option. For a double reason. The developers have drastically changed the direction this game goes, released, and enforced controversial content, disrespectful and unsatisfactory approach to requests from the community, intentional deterioration of the game. I bought the game about three years ago when I knew exactly what I am purchasing. Back then, no one expected such kind of transformation to occur in the future. Second, I'm not willing to take part in social experiments <laughs> the developer are enforcing, nor support this kind of policy. Calling people to not play is exactly what I mentioned above. I demand a fair refund option based on the current price of the game, so I'll be able to not play it as intended. I would love to know how much that guy has played the game. Yeah, me too. It's probably like 500 hours or something crazy. So what Like what? What exactly was the, did this person assume was intended play for this and no what did it women's. have to do what 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 could it possibly have to do uh with the gender representation in the game <laughs> did they expect to uh, like the the insinuation of roman generals uh palling around with catamites is that is, is that <laughs> the fantasy they wanted to live in they wanted historical accuracy in where there were no women's Back in the Rome days, they did not have women's. Women were not. Women did not exist until 1973. That's exactly right. They weren't invented back then. I agree. <laughs> and then Frankie says, "When can I expect female Celtic naked warriors?" Okay, this is just a. This person's just an idiot and horny. A, a very very potent combination. Oh, here comes. Oh, here comes Mister Big Boy Legal Pants. This one's tasty. Do you want to read it? Sure. This is th- th- this one is from uh, dear friend of the podcast, Snafu. I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, class action lawsuit time. Purchase game A, expecting game A. Developers push politics into game. Game A becomes propaganda. Game B, after majority of sales are achieved, developers start censoring discussion. Developers start deleting negative reviews. 
Rust did the same thing, where you purchased a game that was free from social justice, and later they inserted social justice into the game and told everyone that they could never refund. This is actually a horrifying trend in gaming that should be brought to court. This game is five years old, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a mess when on, upon our initial release, so I really don't know. Like, yeah, people were upset about how broken it was on release, but like, this this negative review bomb spike is so much bigger than when the game was actually fucking broken. And all they did was add women to the game, and that is considered, like, SJW political propaganda. And also, what the fuck social justice is there in Rust? Are they talking about how they randomized character, like, yeah, character that's, creation? That's- that's social justice. That's not social. Uh, what? I yeah. can't. I couldn't believe like that. I knew that it might have referred to that, but I just didn't want to believe that somebody could be that stupid. Hey, you want to know if, what, something interesting? I found out. Uh, found about that Rust controversy of mm. gamers getting upset that they have the potentiality of playing a black woman. Yeah, uh, it's like their main complaints was, oh, it, t- it it like it took away my choices in the game. It is forcing a role upon me. When, like, wh- why didn't you levy the same complaints about Witcher? You have to play yeah. Geralt. Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent <laughs> point. It's like, all these games that have, like, non-customizable characters are, you know, to an extent, forcing you to play that character. And obviously, it's a little bit different since you know ahead of time what the character's gonna be. But simultaneously, it's just like, it's pretty much laying bare their sexism and racism additionally to the idea of being represented as anything other than a white male in a video game i am starting a class action lawsuit because i'm forced to play Geralt in the witcher 3 hell yeah and uh, i hope uh, all of you join me and uh, i hope that i am not criticized at all online for <laughs> loving as much <laughs> as everybody else it's just as valid as these idiots, so... I want, I want to start a class-action lawsuit for making me play as uh, Larry in a Leisure Suit Larry. It is intolerable that, gamer, <laughs> that, that game developers would force this upon me. I can't believe they make you play a manlet, a little short boy. Larry Gate is here. It's, I can't it's believe... I can't believe they're making me play Ben Shapiro. <laughs> this is intolerable. <laughs> a war with facts and logic! That'd be amazing. You go. It's like you're playing Leisure Suit Larry, but all the items in your fucking inventory are replaced with, with facts and logic. I was saying that it makes so much sense that in Leisure Suit Larry, that Larry is Ben Shapiro's manlet father, and <laughs> Ben Shapiro is rebelling against <laughs> Leisure Suit Larry's horniness by pledging to not I'm have proud sex to be a virgin. <laughs> exactly. He he is. He's a rebellious teen. He's a rebellious teen rebelling against his father's horny ways. This is our headcanon now. Fuck no, fuck everything else. This is what this podcast is about. Leisure Shoot Larry is Ben Shapiro's father. Can can we get a game jam for that? Yeah. <laughs> that this is oh gonna be God. the hey, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro Sierra Adventure Game? Oh, fucking hell. That would be amazing. You just have, like, logic, facts, reason, uh, and then, like, one of your items is a stepping stool. 
so you can reach high shelves. It's yeah. Instead of instead of look, like touch, <laughs> open, close. It's logic, facts, reason, and the stepping stool. <laughs> oh, God. Colin Space Twinks, please make this game for us. Just just anybody. If there are any listeners that want to make Business Suit Ben. You don't even have to make the game. Just, just I don't know, uh, replace the audio files of Leisure Suit, Lair- of Leisure Suit Larry uh, <laughs> yeah. with Ben Shapiro audio clips. That is ex- Leisure Suit L- <laughs> Ben Shapiro's face on Leisure Suit Larry is 100% going to be the, the thumbnail. But uh, it's it's like in Leisure Suit Larry when you do finally bang. It's like the the classic like train goes in and out of the of the tunnel montage. But it's it, it's that. But for when he finally owns the libs, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like a rocket going off. I've decimated the I've decimated the SJWs with logic. Ah! <laughs> no, no, it's it's Ben Shapiro. It wouldn't be a rocket going off. Uh, it would be stocks increasing. Oh my god! <laughs> it would be it, it. It would be Bible study. It would be the sign. The you must be this tall to ride sign in front of a roller coaster getting smaller. Oh my god! Yeah, that's the end of the game. Is that he finally gets on? He finally gets that. He already, he logics his way onto the roller coaster. That is such an amazing goal. Oh my god. Like he at the beginning of the game he's just trying to get on a roller coaster and like or trying to get onto a bunch of rides at a fairground. And just like Leisure Suit Larry, there's a bunch of women that he tries to sleep with, but they all end up being like uh complete tragical farces for him. And it's ex- the exact same thing where he gets on like a bunch of different rides and they all go horribly wrong until no, the end. He, he- he wouldn't try to sleep with them. He would chastise them for 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 wearing something other than no no a, no no uh, not women other than a skirt. The, the point is to get onto different rides that have height requirements. Like that's the goal of the game. And then just like like in Leisure Suit Larry, where things go horribly wrong, except for like the the main woman you're supposed to be wooing. It's like he gets onto like that uh, that flying saucer ride that like spins you around really fast, and it like like it flattens him and throws him out into the air. I don't know. Gravitron? Yeah, something like that, where it's like it spins, so you can walk on the sides. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking of. Um, That would be amazing. Through some hilarious happenstance, Business Suit Ben's dong comes out, (laughs) and he pisses himself, but like it it sprays forward, and then it spins around, and the pee hits (laughs) his face. From the other direction. Oh my god! That's what I. That's my podcast brainstorm. Thank you. Good night. Business suit Ben or roller or roller suitcase uh, Ben, because he definitely has a roller suitcase. There's no no two ways about it. Business suit Ben in the roller coaster reject. Oh my god! That's why we've just impromptu made this about uh, about creating a video game about making fun of Ben Shapiro's tiny height. But I guess. So we've we've covered I think the majority of this. Um, is there any more of this review that this that we want to read through? Well, Man. I think the other big thing to underscore is the a real spark in this fire was the rage at Ella, the community manager, mm-hmm. for just saying what is such a basic basic adult thing to say i think in my opinion is just like if you don't like something maybe it's not for you that is such a baseline reality in life to like handling things like that 
consumers in general and gamers being the ultimate dumbass consumers, you're, you're not allowed to say, well, maybe this product isn't for everybody. It has to be like, you have to make this product for everybody and we're everybody and blah, blah, blah. I can't even fathom the idea that I'm supposed to make my own choices and not be catered to, uh, especially when a woman tells me that. Hmm. <laughs> I just want to talk on that uh, class action lawsuit review again because, like, I am no expert in uh, uh, in the law by any means, but it is astounding to me just how little gamers seem to understand anything pertaining to legality. A minor patch that does not affect the game in any practical way functionally changes the end product and thus uh, is thus qualified for a class action lawsuit. Like, in spite of the fact that how many how many class action lawsuits have, have the residents of Flint, Michigan, been in, and how successfully has that gone for them? The the only good Reddit uh, subreddit is legal advice because like you constantly get people being like, "I shot my best friend's dog. Am I legally <laughs> responsible for this?" And people will be like, "Yes, you are legally responsible for this." And then like there'll there'll be like a thirty five pages of threads being like. But I didn't mean it. I was drunk. And it's like that. <laughs> I, I would just like to clarify. I'm not, like I wasn't comparing the uh, uh, the Flint, Michigan class action lawsuits to this in a, in a way that suggests that they are in any way similar or uh, as urgent. More talking on the absurdity of it. No, I would say this is much worse than Flint, Michigan. That this this is this, the humiliation of gamers just cannot be cannot be answered. This like poor people getting poisoned. Come on, that's happening all over the place. But this women are generals. It's it's not acceptable. Another interesting thing about this whole phenomenon is, as said, this all started because of a response that a community manager had. Ella, well. As it turns out, gamers really do not like specifically women community managers. This happened like pr- for pre-release Starbound. Their community manager Molly got a lot like a lot of really bad things said about her for things that were effectively out of her control. Gamers are terrible. Can, what happened with Starbound? I, I played a lot of that game. Period. Well, there, it's not that anything really happened with it. It's just like during pre-release when they were like releasing the piecemeal uh, versions of the game, whenever something wasn't perfect, everybody blamed Molly in pretty vicious terms. Well, I, I suppose to a certain extent, while she wasn't a, a community manager, you saw the same sort of toxic artificial outrage produced in regards to that uh, that Guild Wars 2 writer. I mean, that's really been the the rise i think that i you know they've always been like this but there is a there's a freer hand since jessica price was fired from arena net i forget her name but she's the one of the narrative designer dishonored uh death of the outsider and she's just like generally sassy on twitter and like somebody just like tried to get her fired because she was just generally being sassy and there's not even like a problem with the game or anything like that. She wasn't doing anything specific. She was just like, look at this woman having an opinion. Fire, please. And, you know, luckily her her company had her back and they laughed it off. But, you know, so many other game companies, uh, you know, have less less great responses. The the Riot guy who, who was not nice to gamers got fired, um, and Jessica Price's response was, and I think this was an interesting observation, that 
in a way, gamer companies like this because, you know, they're not allowed to specifically say it's great when our developers get harassed, but it helps keep the devs in line, you know. Docile. Exactly. You know, you're like, if you're afraid to speak out uh, about topics, you're not going to speak out about your horrendous treatment about uh, at any game company, probably. There's definitely a mentality about, like, game designer and developer disposability within an, uh, within a corporate environment. I wanted to bring up the incident where people were like sending these incomplete form letters to game companies asking them to fire female employee name employee name here. I don't know if that was real <laughs> or if that turned end up being a hoax or something, but it's like the psychotic aversion to women for whatever reason in video gaming spaces that goes beyond just gamers are lonely nerds to I don't know it, it's like a vicious variant of the girls stay out of my clubhouse that most people grow out of when they're like 12 <laughs> that has like rotted into something twisted and evil you say most people grow out of that by the time they're 12 but do you really believe that at this point no, no, I think that these be- <laughs> these gamer babies have been perpetually locked into the small child mindset of hating girls. They have been so inundated with uh, huffing the smell of boy club farts that, they, <laughs> that their, their brain has a functionally... Atrophied from lack of oxygen. Just the, the pungent scent of, of Mountain Dew Hot Pocket... Uh, farts has just absolutely boiled their brains away. Now, just for clarity, is this a Mountain Dew flavored Hot Pocket or Mountain Dew with Hot Pocket? Mountain Dew with Hot Pocket. Although that would be, I would, I would just creaming my gamer pants, gamer thinking about that gamer snack. We have covered this pretty well, I think. Uh, we've had a good discussion about salt. Well, uh, if if you don't mind, I, I I want to I want to talk about my c- capital T theory about this. Let's let's do this. I want to hear about the capital T theory. All right. Uh, so it's pretty well demonstrated that the reactionary types really do not give half of a shit about historical authenticity. But looking at the reactions to this Rome 2 quote-unquote fiasco, I've been starting to notice more and more trends about how they discuss the historicity. And I've started to formulate something as to why it's they don't give half a shit. I honestly think it, it more has to do with the complete and utter malleability as perceived of what interpreting history or even the present is. And so it turns into a lot of gamers uh, blatantly disregarding things that as like that have been documented and have had happened as being apocryphal. Well, because what better way to discredit others and like fortify your, your own views than by saying that although this was recorded, it didn't happen. It was apocryphal. It was the sort of sort of the same sort of historical romanticism that you saw with like for for overused example Nazi Germany, where they appropriated the runic the runic alphabet and whatnot from the Nords, who well as we've come to more recently discover were a lot more multicultural than uh, than we assumed. But even back then, there was a idea that 
they didn't grow in a vacuum. That's not how that works. However, with the Nazis, they decided to spin the rhetoric, regardless of the historicity of it, to turn it into, well, the Vikings, the Aryans, our Nordic ancestors uh, were were pure-blooded and had no positive interaction with outside forces. Because whether consciously or unconsciously, like that's the reality they desire of it. It is an act of extreme projection. That's a good summation of um, the situation when it comes to ahistorical thought among gamers. I mean, it makes sense to me, uh, especially in terms of the using it as a as a tool, as a reactionary tool to solidify your your ideology, your thought. Just like all the history that you love, it's, it's backed up by the fact that British actors play uh, tend to play every historical figure in movies <laughs> and TV. Yeah. Um, you know, it backs up the fact. And there, there was there was a good Twitter thread about how malleable history is in general, and that you know we can infer a lot of things by the artifacts that we found you know we might be able to recreate you know the town square from a a place like 500 years ago but it's impossible to truly know what it was like back then what it what the makeup of the people who lived there were were like because if you just look at the like mass media today do you really feel that the new york times the daily caller or and all the different stuff that's most read like really reflects reality. Can you imagine history like digging through those those things and using them to like tell the truth about what what our life is like today? And it's Oof. just like it's exactly, exactly. It's just like it. it, it, it the, I, I recoil at that idea. Well, with the internet, it's interesting because like although you have the examples of the New Yorker and whatnot. Uh, we also have, like, because of, well, the internet, we have uh, persistent active cataloging via Twitter, via Wayback Machine, by, via extensive automated archiving. So it's really hard to say what historians, like, 60 to 100 odd years are, uh, will perceive this, uh, this era as being. But that brings to mind an, uh, another much shorter and far less rambly uh, point uh, like about gamers and how they interpret history. And that is, well, uh, reaction uh, is very, very amenable to, to, to echoing itself. The more people repeating something, the more valid it becomes to the people saying it. And there's the, the whole echo box, blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm more talking about in, in the sense of like rumor mongering and, and word of mouth. And like, uh, like there was that, there's that myth when I when, when I was growing up that uh, Daddy Longlegs were the most venomous spider on the planet, but they couldn't do anything because their pincers were uh, they couldn't actually penetrate your skin. But no, that's bullshit. That's that that, that was 100 percent accepted as true when I was, it was. Like, in first to second grade. It was accepted as true by kids. It was accepted as true by adults. It was accepted as as true by well, like everybody because like that was the mass consensus of it. That was the assumed reality. And I see the same thing as happening with gamers in regards to like quote unquote historical presentation. You saw it with like Kingdom Come Deliverance, where apparently I guess Bohemia was had only white people in it. It didn't, and it didn't. It's not unreasonable to call it a reactionary interpretation at all. The tail's wagging the dog on that one. You're not looking at the history and drawing a conclusion. 
you're saying this is the history that I want, and I I have argued myself into finding all the evidence to the contrary to not be applicable oh, here, yeah. or not applicable enough. I mean, the the biggest example of this possible is the whole get woke, go broke mentality of of, like this idea that somehow this is a real thing is absurd because there are many quote unquote SJW developers who are uh, just fucking rolling in money right now like Naughty Dog and what really happens is that a, a studio or company goes down for some unrelated financial reason and then they comb through like all of their back history looking for things that they can proclaim are is woke and then retroactively claiming that that had anything to do with their uh, downfall it's we've talked about this a couple times now but i think there's it's two aspects of it too is that none of these companies are actually woke because tracer is gay does not make blizzard actually woke you know they still uh have some not so great practices and they're the they're on the better end of the spectrum like you know we're talking about nike you know the kaepernick thing um people like to celebrate because it made so much money and disproved get woke go broke but they're still like nike operates like horrendous sweatshops you know nike yeah. is not yeah. nike is not woke none of these companies get woke, are woke get woke go broke is a false dichotomy indeed i think we should move on now because we are at the uh 55 minute mark I think uh, I think ten minutes of that was just us getting ready, but unless we've got some extra spicy salt you want to read out, there was one review that I wanted to read out. Okay, fine. Just just because it makes no sense to me, and I love I love it when these people go, they think that they have like an incredible own, and it's just like to me reads more like their boomer brain is dying. So here's the review from Black Ice. My daughter asked me. Daddy, why are there no giraffes in this game? And what am I supposed to answer her, CA? Uh, During that period, they were small to nothing battle giraffes. Are you nuts? I demand battle giraffes for my woke kid. Yeah, that one in particular is pretty fucking awful. Um, You know, I feel like this is just like a bungled, you know, what are you next? We're going to include purple generals. (laughs) Ha ha ha, get woke. And it's just like, just the way that it's phrased. I was just particularly amused by how nonsensical it is. But there's, I mean, you should, you also go check it out. There's the reviews. It is an insane tide of reviews uh, in response to this. And it feels like, I don't know, like, it's weird. The Like, normally the same, like, reactionaries, like, go from situation to situation freaking out. And it's like they're loud and there's, like, way too many of them. But it's not like the same kind of flood that this looks like. And I don't know. It's just like, I guess, in a, an insane amount of chuds specifically played Rome too. Who can imagine that? Well, I, yeah, I mean, historical uh, strategy games. Why, why would that a- attract uh, the chudlier uh, portions of gamers? I mean, there's, there's an endless amount of salt here. All varying degrees of quality. Bully Hunt 3-er... 1776 says not recommended 182 hours total September 30th as a historian and a gamer this crap disgusts me gamers rise up speedweed (laughs) (laughs) 
can I bookend this topic with a terrible joke? A very historically accurate terrible joke. Sure. Do it. There is a Trojan horse at these gamer gates. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Man, speaking... Oh, fuck. I had a transition, but I... Uh, I, I was for the wrong topic. I was going to say, speaking of horses, because the fucking cowboys in Red Dead Redemption 2. Speaking Spoilers. of... Spoilers. Shitty gamers. Speaking of awful garbage people, um, we just wanted to briefly touch on the subject, because it's related to reactionaries and them just filling their full-ass dipes when someone mildly makes a critique of their values as idiot chuds. And that... One of our favorite artists, known as Olive, at Olive Brinker, who creates the incredibly cute uh, comic with the cute lesbian deer, uh, has been harassed off of Twitter, basically, by monstrous chud humanoids uh, that subsist off of nothing but uh, Cheetos and uh, Mountain Dew. They're chuds. They're troglodytes, not humanoids. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got my ta- my gamer taxonomy incorrect. For shame. Uh, Another go hour back. of League of Legends for you. <laughs> oh, but anyway, who wants to read out the comic that has inspired these just loathsome, revolting human beings? I I will play the role of Ray the Doe, and uh, I, I don't know the name of this other character. It's just some random crocodile, because, you know... Gators. Oh, I get it. I got it. Okay, so this is Ray the Doe speaking. I can't believe it. One of my favorite game studios just shut down totally out of nowhere. Like 250 people got laid off without any severance pay. And now the company wants to finish their game without them. Surely gamers will take a stand against this abhorrent mistreatment of developers. Here comes Mr. Gator. Sorry, we're busy getting mad that a game has playable women in it. You can handle this one. And that's the comic. And that's the... That's, that is the the true fact stated that has uh, caused the internet's worst fucking chud, Ian Miles Chong, to basically screen cap this and sick his army of repulsive ant creatures upon her. How how is Ian posting? By the way, I thought it was molting season. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps his energy up by eating a mixture of honey and mold that he grows on leaves in his basement. Yeah, actually, I imagine you know Ian uh, has a lot of accessibility concerns because he can't he can't use the keyboard uh, during <laughs> during this time and everything is voice activated. He can't but use he, a keyboard because all the keys are permanently depressed by the <laughs> sticky patina he leaves on them. Exactly. I mean, uh, even though he doesn't make any any money anymore because he was fired from the Daily Caller, <laughs> um, he still uh, his deal with uh, Milo Yiannopoulos when he wrote for Dangerous was a lifetime of supply of keyboards and mouses, so he could just churn through them. Um, yeah. And that deal is still in effect, even though uh, he is uh, he was not woke and is now also broke. <laughs> well, basically, Ian Miles Chong is a is a fail son living off the teat of his parents' generosity, uh, because evidently his family is rich, 
And that's the only reason that he can afford to keep being so incredibly online, because he doesn't work for a living. Not just a fail son, the fail son. Yeah, he was he was doxxed during the Panama Papers, and they found that he has like all all of his funds are offshore, uh, his offshore money. So you know, no surprise that he's he's now standing for the reactionary establishment. He, I don't know, in terms of the fail son, it's kind of a toss up between him and Wyatt Coke. Although Wyatt Coke. For everything else that can be said about him, is almost certainly a much better human being than he and Miles Chong. I mean, I, I would say that at a certain point, like White Coke is just has so much money and so much coming to him that it's just like he's on the same tier, I think, as a lot of other people. Ian is just so visible, just like the patron saint of Fail Sons. Wyatt Coke is one of the children from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. He gets lured into like a he gets lured into like a piece of factory equipment by like a shiny piece of fabric. (laughs) (laughs) He just gets turned into a a a banana. Ian is one of those bugs from the mist. Ugh, gross. (laughs) Well, it's I think the thing that really highlights. Ian's failure as a human being is that he couldn't even do the alt-right grift properly. Think about how hard it is to fuck up being an alt-right grifter. You know what I mean? You say he fucked it up, but like as given the circumstances by Olive, he seems to he seems to rally the horde pretty effectively. So mm. I I suppose in terms uh, in terms of success, like Mike Cernovich in giant air quotes around success, but. He has enough. He has enough clout and enough of a voice that uh, he can cause a lot of damage. So I think maybe, I think maybe uh, accept him as the idiot he is, but realize that he's an idiot with a uh, with the uh, controls for a nuke in front of him. I wouldn't disagree with that, but I would also like to add the caveat there that the the horde there is easily rallied, and it's embarrassing. Like how you see so many people just like with insanely successful YouTube channels or successful grifts on it. And Ian just keeps getting fired. He's now his whole job is working for a YouTube channel that gets like, if he's like a, like the telltale thing, got like 3000 views on it. And it's just like, you know, that to me doesn't seem like a super, rallied horde so much as just people cruise by and are ready to harass whoever uh what whatever opportunity to harass they can take and he knows it too because he he, he gets to concern troll and say i just mildly criticized uh the the comic you know he he quote tweeted it with well there's a narrative because but he knows exactly what's going to happen is with his specific audience you know, they're going to get up in this person's grill. They've seen somebody that has cultural signifiers against them. Olive Brinker, uh, in my understanding, is trans. And so they're going to, you know, this is somebody that they love to give a hard time. It's socially acceptable to give someone like Olive Brinker a hard time. Um, and Ian knows that. And that's why, you know, he, despite that he's lost you know, his job at the Daily Caller, etc., you know, it's just a hobby for him at this point to to troll, to be a dick. It really is that, I think you made a good point that perhaps 
calling, saying that he's failed at the alt-right grift is perhaps a little bit too premature. It's just simply that he's too much of an idiot to keep a, a real job, but not too much of an idiot not to, to command the attention of the incel horde, of which he is, he is chief among. The only difference between Ian Miles Chong and, like, Weave is Weave can program. Oh lordy! All right, so are we ready? Are we ready to move our discourse on? This this is gross. Uh, Olive Brinker is cool. Ray the Doe is cool. The nice uh, silver lining to this is that uh, people rallied, uh, really rallied behind Olive and almost doubled uh, her her Patreon per month. So I mean, you know, I I think that's cool that people were extremely supportive, and I saw a lot of support out there. Indeed. It's just, it is a bit of a silver lining in that the thing that you do when you create campaigns like this, especially when that person has a means of uh, a means of being uh, contributed to financially, is that you almost guarantee that they are going to get way more money than if you'd never caused a controversy at all. This is basically the Sarkeesian effect, where nobody gave a shit who Arnita Sarkeesian was until gamers lost their fucking minds about her. And now she has, like, funds to do, like, a bunch of different movies, go on uh, national TV, get interviewed by all these different newspapers. You know, that is almost a product of their obsessive hatred of her. Yeah, Feminist Frequency is a whole brand, you know, several different podcasts and shows and stuff. They regularly have campaigns for new shows, etc., that are seem to always be successful. And, you know, and I it's it, it is really interesting how the the reviews um the, the views rather were just shot up in in response and it's just like you know i i and in those examples of solidarity mm-hmm. are are great even though it's like i think that you know it it doesn't make it okay of course that, not yeah i'm not saying that's what you were saying but just that to, you know to make it clear but it that is a silver lining like with it, the, the patreon thing it's a it's a silver lining but it it also demonstrates the unfortunate uh like the unfortunate systems that we have to thrive in where it seems that people can only be uh be floated to the top by negative attention anymore in order to reach people or even in order to like reach a basis a basic subsistence level like in regards to like patreon because most people on patreon are like they're aiming to do that for a living they usually have to be inundated with negative attention via the chud force or like terrible social malaise yeah the um peter coffin talks a lot about the attention economy, and I think that's 100% true and an excellent point to make, is that this is bad, that this is how things are done now, and it's it's 100%, if, especially if you're breaking in, like, it's not about the quality of what you put out, it's about how much attention that you can grab, and there's no better way to get attention than these this culture war nonsense, mm-hmm. and... I'm not going to comment on this since I directly benefit from getting into <laughs> into miserable fights with chugs. <laughs> yes, but you're also an e-masochist, it seems. <laughs> I Maybe mean, an you know, e-sadomasochist. I don't we, know. Pretty much. We, listen, I'm not saying 
we we got to play the game. You know, it's still real. You know, we're, I'm not going to say that uh, be the guy in the well being like, yeah, you participate in society. <laughs> mm, I'm very smart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I just I think it's true. I think it's bad. I think that, you know, just pretending it doesn't exist doesn't doesn't help. But, you know, I I I, I would like it for not, it not to exist. Don't get me wrong. I'm like. Olive absolutely deserves every dollar she's getting and more. Uh, she just did, did not deserve the circumstances surrounding it in any way. Hell yeah. For Agreed. sure. It puts to bed the lie that is told within our society so often and in so many different ways that we live in a meritocracy because uh, she was already meritous. She already had something to her that people adored and loved and clearly had value and clearly represented a threat to this sort of hegemonic, hate-fueled, idiotic worldview that is, of course, espoused by people like Ian Miles Chong, who pretty much does it exclusively for his own benefit, not for any real convictions or what have you. But it's sort of like, instead of getting the, the ability to sustain herself off of Patreon from that, it had to be from... Just some sort of another sort of reaction against uh, a harassment campaign and the ongoing culture wars, which seem to define our era as a as a decade of absolute awful, awful, yeah, (laughs) farcical fights. If you could, if you could distill the last uh, sixty or so years of uh, the United States of United States political history down to about fifteen minutes, uh, slap a monochrome filter over it, and uh, remove uh, voice sounds, you basically have a silent film comedy. Hell yeah! And I mean, really, in an era where there are people having being separated from their children and getting thrown into cages. One of the biggest discourses online is about these gamer babies, you know, whining that a video game has women in it. Like, it is just the most insane and petty of grievances which motivate. When you say, like, discourse of, do you mean on part of the gamer babies or about the gamer babies? Uh, no, I'm not just talking about, like, just in general around the current events uh and i'm I'm basically saying that real life events they don't seem to gain the same traction as some of these ridiculous like petty grievances from like online stuff you know what i mean yeah well like i said earlier like it's a manifestation of rumor mongering yeah and i think that a big part of that is just people feeling alienated and having a lack of control over the real world and so they make up these these pretend crusades where they they imagine that SJWs and women are trying to destroy their video games and so they band together as a noble order of holy knights sworn a, to protect their virginity in video games a, a holy order of of noble knights who collectively are really into individualism <laughs> so Let's wrap up with some salt from uh, everyone's favorite account, Shitty Gamer Takes. 
about the recent controversy that, oh man, we're getting into this again. All right, Dead Redemption 2 will feature multiple black cowboys, giving them a spotlight they've never really had before. And the gamer reaction is predictable, yet somehow still disappointing. It is predictable and disappointing, and one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Indeed. Which we'll get into in a little bit, because we had a big old diatribe about historical revisionism and ahistorical attitudes within the gaming community, and this is like... Oof. This is like example yeah. numero uno of just how persistent that revisionist idea is, because eh, the majority of I, I I guess I can get into it now. The majority of cowboys weren't white. It was a hard, low-paying job that was lonely, dirty, and dangerous. And so obviously, it was not something that white people necessarily were the majority representation in it was mostly hispanic if i recall correctly that's correct a third if i remember my statistics correctly there was an article linked in one of these things that set talks about the distribution of ethnicities among cowboys and it was like a third of them were hispanic and a quarter of them were black there, there's also the weird gamer interpretation of what a cowboy is mm-hmm. because yeah. The romanticization of the cowboy as as a Clint Eastwood like character, rather than like as the job describes, literally just someone who directs cows. I mean, that and keeps them from getting killed by wolves. To just like a total distortion uh, about the myth of the West. Um, I was listening to a podcast, and they they basically the entire episode. I wish I could remember it. Um, but the Wild West wasn't actually that wild. Sure, like there was a lot of war, um, and that aspect of it was certainly very brutal and bloody. But like the gunslingers weren't weren't real. There, there wasn't. I'm sure there was open carries, but there weren't duels in the town square. You know, people weren't shooting each other, and people who did shoot each other usually got in trouble. Uh, you know, at the same level uh, uh, at the law. It wasn't this kill or be killed kind of thing, like like it's romanticized. You know, Red Dead Redemption 2, the, the ethnicity uh, of the cowboys is far more authentic than the general tone of the West in general. Funnily enough, uh, like for the most part, uh, it wasn't nearly as violent unless you were a postal worker. Really? <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of cases of just mail robbery. Just a <laughs> whole lot of mail robbery for whatever reason. Well, I mean, that's like the... They transport goods and uh, mail and money, especially, between places. Because back before you know the internet, that's how you transported money. You put it in a truck. Um, what? Yeah, well, or even a, hor- a carriage. Holy shit. Mail trucks were like armored vehicles guarded with pe- by people with like Tommy guns in the 30s. And now that we've given some context, do you want to give some salt? Do it. I want to salt. I want to salt this. Salt this pork. So I've, as I've read, it's from IGN. They have an article and they say in their tweet, Red Dead Redemption 2 will feature multiple black cowboys, giving them a spotlight they've never really had before. And as we've discussed, it is... Very historical for there to be Hispanic and black cowboys. Like, 
more than 50% of cowboys were not white, basically. And in response to this, of course, the gamers have just thrown a big hissy fit. This comes to us from Tom Gibbs. What about the inclusion of Asian cowboys, Eskimo cowboys, ostrich cowboys, Apache helicopter cowboys? Oh, come on, Rockstar, get with the times. And of course, we're leading off with the least creative and most unoriginal joke possible that these gamers just glom onto. They love making Apache helicopter jokes. From... Mario fan 1981. <laughs> I'm not buying this shit until they offer transgender cowboys with biracial, biracial same sex parents who immigrated to, to this country illegally. Jesus and I just Christ. love that when they just, they can't even make a point. They just got to squeeze in everything they hate, every buzzword. They, they say that <laughs> as if that wasn't a thing, that, it, that wasn't a phenomenon that happened. Like as if those were. <laughs> Those are recent developments in human identity. <laughs> oh my god, there's so much of it. They, I think I'll skip this one with uh, Jack Skellington avatar because it's just the this is like the template response. Spare us the politically correct bullshit. I want a video game, not a social war justice warrior agenda. Is it too late to cancel my pre order? Like, that's just like the standard dipshit response that just the inclusion of women and black people is political because it's like any amount of, of representation outside of white males is just considered a threat. Ugh, it's disgusting. And, uh, of course the guy who seems to have used his own face and real name with the most racist take. Yep. Here we go with more politically correct black privilege bullshit. Funny how it's the opposite. You people riot and loot your own cities. Oof. This one comes to us from Moonraker. <laughs> oh, dear. It's okay if I read this, this treat. You, 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 you go ahead and go for it. You seem oh, particularly yes. enthousi- enthused by this. All right. At It's Moonraker 34 says... Thanks, PC police. Change history just to balance it all out. Face palm emoji. <laughs> and then his response his response after getting uh, what I assume is to be owned in the comments is, Everyone is providing plenty of pictures and gifts of recent movies with black cowboys. No problem there. But somehow there's a lack of pics from this era. Oh my fucking god. Wonder why? There's nothing wrong or racist with being historically accurate. Forcing it is what's frustrating and annoying. Oh my god. Like, and then, of course, in the response to this, there's like a million pictures of cowboys from the 1800s who are all black. And it's just like, I wonder why they weren't taking a lot of fucking pictures back in the 1800s. Hmm, that's a real head-scratcher. Jesus fucking Christ. Why are there no f- pictures on the smartphones of these supposed black cowed boys? Yeah, also outside of their outside of their like predetermined feeding ranges, uh cowboys were the original gig economy. They basically were restricted to wherever hired them on until they were like off the payroll and they moved on and that generally wasn't in city areas that was way out where there was arable land it was 
removed from the parts of society that would have had these uh, technological uh, developments. Like, imagine, like, to somebody decades from now being like, you say that Mexican people are real, but I don't see any 3D printed <laughs> Mexican people anywhere being posted here in our hollow Twitter threads. You claim there you claim there are cases of police brutality, but what I, why have I never seen police brutality in a snow globe? <laughs> oh my god. There's a bunch of tiny people in there. I never see any police brutality happening. <laughs> Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> the idea of racist snow globes is extremely fun to me. It's appropriate because they're snowflakes. Oh. Well, well, I mean, I, the, the, the snow globe, I think, is more appropriate than I had attended because, well, general myopia with these types when it comes to looking at events and whether or not they are representative of something because they view everything they view everything except white genocide as something that happens in a vacuum, as something that happens without any outside influence or without ins- influencing anything else. Pretty much. I think we can probably wrap up on that. It wasn't quite as uh, it wasn't quite as funny as I thought it would be. It was more me getting angry. I mean, getting angry at 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 racism and sexism, I think, is a good quality on- online. We have our we have our funny episodes and we have our angry episodes. And uh, I don't know. Uh, business suit Ben was pretty fun. I, I I would like to see a a Sierra Adventure Ben Shapiro game jam or Jordan Peterson. Now now we're talking. Oh man, what would, what would we be doing in that? He'd have to be going to get the Ben Shapiro. The Ben Shapiro games would be in those like point and click, like Leisure Shoot Larry, you know, King's Quest style games. I feel like the Jordan uh, Pajama Peterson... Sam. Exactly. The Jordan Peterson Sierra game would be the FMV Phantasmagoria era. That's just like a lot of nonsensical symbolism (laughs) and just like, you know. Misogyny ghosts. Exactly. Exactly. Hell yeah. Misogyny ghosts. That's perfect. Just extreme surrealism. Oh my God! We we should take uh, like footage of just uh, Jordan Peterson walking around and just capture it, and so you can just click around the screen and direct Jordan Peterson to various, I don't know, uh, various lobster surrealism. Uh, exactly items. the regeneration of stability from the domain of chaos. So Jordan Peterson gets transported into the domain of chaos, and he has to find. Uh, a lobster from each of the like four realms there's the uh you know the he has to go into what should be what is and the uh in the highway of anomalous information in disintegration descent and then he has to, the final boss takes place in chaos the unknown and uh you know and the whole thing in the entire gameplay is you just uh, making people define what they say um, because they're not being clear enough. <laughs> what, what I want to know about Jordan Peterson is, like, given the sort of language he uses, I wonder how he would have turned out is if, if like, as a teenager, uh, instead of being uh, being as friendless as I assume him to be, if he got into D&D, oh my <laughs> surely God. he'd be better off. I mean, I think most likely. I mean, the thing is, he's such a... He probably, that's probably the kind of outlet he would have gone into were he not such a, like, stringent Christian 
that seems to be the reason that he, he took the path that he did is because he needed to be a nonsense human, but he had all this, uh, you know, strict upbringing that prevented him from exploring that. Maybe he did get into D&D and he just internalized Lady of Pain in all the wrong ways. I think it's time to wrap up. I am, <laughs> I definitely am in brain fray mode at this point. All right. So, Missandry, where can people find you and your great online content? Well, uh, I've got a shitty Twitter account. Sweet. Awesome. Uh, it's uh, at Missandry Cannon. Cannon as in the artillery, not cannon as in lore. It is uh, not very active, but when it is, I like, I, I like talking about leftism and black metal. So if you're cool. into that. Hell yeah, that sounds pretty cool. And so, Reese, where can people find you while you still have internet and are not living like a hobo out in the woods? You can find me at your very good bud. Excellent. And you can find me at 8alton8 on Twitter or on YouTube at Alton Plays, where you can find VODs for all of our uh, podcasts. And you can find our podcast, I believe it's at www. Uh, video games are the worst.pinecast.co, uh, which has, is our website, which has all of our different podcast stuffs. I don't think there's a www. I just think it's video games are the worst. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just uh, video games are the worst. You don't get a World Wide Web uh, designation. <laughs> and I don't know um, something to just I mean to throw in every episode, and I forget, but. If if you were so inclined, um, going on the various big, awful-branded sites, like on iTunes or something like that, and leaving us uh, some kind of review or rating, I, I, I hear that it helps us. So uh, let's, Indeed. We don't actually know if it does, but do it anyway. Do do it anyway. You know, give us, give us some feedback. Can I make a plug that isn't sure. for me? Of course. Do it. Uh, y- y'all should support Olive's Patreon. Hell yeah. Go find Olive's Patreon. I believe it's patreon.com Ray the Doe. Ray the Doe. All one word. No spaces. R-A-E the Doe. Indeed. And uh, you can also you should also go follow us at Vigatwato on Twitter, the official uh, video games of the worst thing on Earth Twitter, where we will be announcing episodes and also just dunking on gamers for fun. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Good night. Farewell. We love you. And thank you, Miss Andrew. Uh, thanks for inviting me. It was a good pod. Farewell, everyone. Bye. Peace. <laughs>